Amen. Well, tonight, um, I, uh, I just feel like doing a good old-fashioned Bible study. Um, I'm just going to open, open the Word and read and see what God has to say. And um, you can see the preaching um, if you go tune in um, to the Winds Conference. But, you know, there's, there's something about the Word and just getting into it studying it and knowing it because i'll tell you this this is you know something that god put on my heart to do at uh the manchester church river of life was just start going through romans so tonight just like i i started there a couple months ago was with romans 8 but now it went so well we went back and we're just going through the whole book of romans but i want to do romans 8 tonight see how far we get we'll see but you know the pentecostal experience and and church is one thing um, we come, and, and, and usually our services, we have a, a powerful pastor, a powerful preacher, and all the anointing that he has and all the anointed uh, preaching that he puts up here at this pulpit is powerful, but we have to have the Word of God on our heart. We have to have this Word of God put on our heart because, um, you know, we, we, do, we have a lot of supplements you know, for our health. We have a lot of supplements that, that we take to, to keep us healthy and going uh, besides just our natural things that God has put in our bodies. A lot of us supplement things, but there's no supplement for the Word of God. It has to be written on your heart because there's coming a time when you're going to be challenged. There's coming a time where you have to stand on this and you have to know it. You're not going to be re- able to rely. You're not going to be able to call Pastor Ocean. You're not going to be able to get a hold of your Sunday school teacher or your youth pastor or whatever it is. This word has to be put on your heart. This word has to be put on your heart. And, and when, when that day comes, when, when you're standing before God... You're not going to also be able to say, well, I had, I had a great pastor. Man, he preached well. God's going to say, okay, but what, 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 what of my word do you know? Do, you, do I know you? Do you know me? So we got to know and get into this word. And I, I just feel led to say it, whether you, you've gotten away from it, because, listen, I'm not going to stand here by any means and say, my study life and prayer life is where I want it to be. It's not. But I know that I've got to get into this word. And I've got to get, and, and, and God will speak to us through that. And I've been, had so many prayer, or, uh, questions answered from the pulpit. But this is, your, this is your direct relationship with God. Trust me. Pastor has answered a lot of questions I've had from this pulpit without even knowing that I asked the question. Um, and people will come into your life that God will have give you a word and, and, and direct you. But this is where God speaks. Get in your prayer closet and get into this word. And I promise you, you will have growth like you've never experienced in God before. And I'm not going to go down one of these Brother Charlie rants of the conditions of the world and, and all of these things. But who knows if, if we're going to see a time where we can't have church anymore. Who knows if we're going to see a time when there's no more internet. They're not going to be broadcasting church. Who knows? And then it's going to be, where is my relationship and what do I know? And then it's going to come down to you and God. Amen? So I'm just going to go to Romans chapter 8. And I'm reading from the New King James. And I, um, you know, this is... This is where Paul gets into the Holy Spirit. This is where he, he, he's getting into our relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I, I don't know that some people have, you know, if you, if you spoke in tongues 20 years ago and you think that's it, um, you got some work to do. Because this is what Brother Paul is going to get into right here. There is a big difference than having one Pentecost experience. He's talking about yeah, have that Pentecostal experience. Have that Pentecost Sunday moment where you have this great moment. You get filled and you feel great. But he's saying, hey, let's take this further. This is where you become an apostle. This is where you learn to walk and talk in the Holy Spirit. This is where you learn to live the way God intended us to live when we are filled with his spirit. My God, it's not just a one and done. 
can get a season pass to Kings Island or a one-day ticket, but eventually they're going to tell you, hey, that card doesn't get you in anymore. We need to walk and talk in the Holy Spirit. And this is what old brother Paul gets into here. So I'm just going to go to Romans chapter 8. I'm just going to start with verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. If you're still struggling with condemnation, that should give you a little bit of a clue that you're not walking in the Holy Spirit the way that you should be walking in the Holy Spirit because condemnation cannot be in those that are in Christ Jesus is what this word says. What does that mean? That means that if you're still dealing with a sin or a, a struggle with some kind of a sin and condemnation is coming to you and attacking you, now there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Con conviction is what the, the still small voice, the Holy Ghost is going to speak in you saying, you know better. But when the condemnation, if you're dealing with that, that means you are, you are dealing with a sin problem. And that does not happen in Christ Jesus. That does not happen to Holy Ghost-filled saints. Now, I'm not saying we walk and we do everything right by any means. Am I standing up here saying that I don't have it? Because we'll get into it later. Sin, we're all sinners and come short of the glory of God. But if we're struggling with something, then there's a Holy Ghost issue. That's straight from Brother Paul here. To those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So if we're walking in the flesh, there's a good chance you're going to be dealing with some condemnation. If you're walking in the flesh, there's a good chance you're going to be dealing with some sin. If you're walking in the flesh, there's a good chance you're going to be struggling with some things. But if you're walking in the Spirit, like it says right here, then you're not going to have that condemnation. You're not going to have those struggles and trials. They may creep up. But you're going to quickly be able to say, not today, Satan. I think there's T-shirts out there that say, not today, Satan. You're going to be able to walk in victory. You're going to be able to have some victory and say, no, I'm not going to walk in this flesh. I'm going to walk in the Holy Spirit. How does that happen? Certainly church attendance. Listen to the preaching that's going on. Getting into this word. Getting into your prayer closet. So uh, if, you, if you have those moments where a lot of times... You come out of a good service or a good worship, you know, you're in your car and you got your praise and worship on or whatever, and you get into that stride where you're just like, man, I'm feeling good. You know, that person can cut you off and you don't get upset. You may get somebody give you some kind of a gesture that's not very friendly and you don't get upset. Your coworker says, you know, they turn the heat up every, every day and this day it doesn't bother you. Whatever it is, all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's that flesh. Usually it's when I come out of being in a, in, a, in a very spiritual place that I recognize, oh, man, that's been great. I have felt really good. I've been walking in the Spirit. And then all of a sudden that old flesh creeps up. But we want to walk in the Spirit with everything we're doing, but according to the Spirit, not to the flesh. Verse 2 says, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So that, that, that comes down now to, are you trying to walk in the law yourself? Or are you trying to walk in the law through Christ Jesus? If you're trying to walk in the law through your flesh, that's where we fail every time. That's where we stumble. That's where we fall over time. But when you're walking in it through Christ Jesus, victory in Jesus. Amen? Victory in Jesus is where that song comes from. Victory in Jesus is what we shout. Victory in Jesus is what we proclaim to Satan when he starts to attack. Jesus' name is what we call. But if you're trying to, to have this victory in your flesh because you understand the law, we can read the Ten Commandments. We can, we can understand just inherently the word says we get a measure of faith ourselves. We can, we can understand for the most part. They say that everybody kind of understands what's right or what's wrong. And it's a matter of are we doing those things in my flesh? Am I trying to, to make my flesh do the right things? Or am I submitted to that Holy Spirit? 
and saying, Lord God, I, this, this way I know is right. Because sure, I can say, don't lie. I, I can say, don't steal, don't, don't, don't kill, certainly. But if I'm, if I'm walking in Christ Jesus, that's where the difference comes, where he says, the, the Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not commit adultery. But Jesus says, hold on a second. Later on, he says, now that that game has changed for you. That game has changed for you. Now, if you just think it, you're committing that sin. They didn't have that when they were trying to follow the law in the Old Testament. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're more account- we are now more accountable. That's why it's that much more important, and that's why Paul's saying this right now. You've got to walk in the Spirit. Because if you are walking in the flesh, yeah, you're going to fall. You're going to stumble, and you're, and you're going to break those laws. Because now all of a sudden... You're relying on, well, I go to church. I spoke in tongues. I, I know Acts 2.38. I lived this. And then now you can will yourself to, to follow the law. And, and Paul said, nah, no, sir. Jesus is saying, no, that's not how it's going to work. You have to be in me as I am in you if you are going to walk in the spirit. If you are going to have victory, if you're going to have victory in Jesus' name, it's got to be through the Holy Spirit. And it's easy for us to default. I know what's right. It's easy for me to wake up in the morning and say, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to put on gospel music. I don't have time to think about God right now. I've got all these things that are ahead of me that on my to-do list, and I'm going to start focusing on those. And then all of a sudden you find yourself trying to accomplish those things in the flesh. All of a sudden you find yourself trying to fulfill the law in the flesh. Well, I'm not going to go and, and, and lie to this coworker, but I may not be totally honest with them because now I'm putting my flesh. I'm saying, I know, I already know what the, how I'm supposed to live, and then now I start to try to accomplish this in my flesh. And then the next thing you know, you start to try to do that with everything every day, and you start saying, well, I, I'm, I'm going to church. I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do, but yet... How, many, how often have you been to an altar? How often have you been in a prayer closet? How, long, how often have you cried? How often have you been in this word? How often have you, have you been in the presence of God? Again, I'm not casting any stones. We all got to work on this every day. That's why, thank God, Paul gave us and wrote this and all these other epistles. Because it's, it's easy for us to say, well, I know what's right and what's wrong. I got the Holy Ghost, but yet half the time I'm, I'm, my fuel was burning on flesh. And I'm saying, well, I'm doing what's right. I'm doing, how do you know if you're doing what's right if it's, not in the, it's not, if it's not in the spirit? I mean, the truth of the matter is, yeah, I could see someone that needs $20 and think the right thing is to give this to them. After all, Jesus said, right, feed, feed the poor. Visit those in prison, whatever it may be. But how do I know what God is doing in that person? If I'm not in the Holy Spirit, it's easy to say the right thing to do is give them $20. I think Brother Brandon Jordan a few weeks ago, he, he said that I had to crack up. He said, now this is the Lord's $20 right here. He said, you better do what's right with it. But the point is, whatever it may be that I think is a good deed, that I think I'm doing the right, I'm doing the, the Christ thing to do, right? But if I'm, not, if I'm doing that in the flesh, then I'm not doing it in the spirit. And if I'm not doing it in the spirit, then I'm not doing it the right way. Because how do I know that God didn't put that person in a position to need that $20? Because somebody has always come and helped them, and they haven't leaned on God when God is saying, I'm trying to teach them to lean on me that I will take care of all their needs. Not you or not grandpa or grandma or Aunt Becky or whomever that... God is trying to do a lesson in somebody. I have to understand that if I'm walking in the Spirit, then I know if I feel led to give that $20. I know if I feel led to, to do whatever good deed it is, then now it's in Christ Jesus. It's not in my flesh. So it's important to just be in the Spirit, in the Spirit, and understand that I can't, I can't live the law in this flesh. It has to be through my Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Verse 3 says, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh 
on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. You see, he knew you can't do it by this Old Testament way. Moses can give this law. Moses can, you can go and you can sacrifice every livestock that you have. You, you can do everything, fulfill everything that they, they said to do in the Old Testament, everything that they had to do to, to, to get that sin washed away, but they were never, ever going to be able to live above that sin. It's one thing to go and sacrifice something for that sin, but it's another thing to have Christ Jesus, God wrapped in the flesh, go to a cross, hang on a cross, death, burial, and resurrection, and now you have the ability to overcome that sin because of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. The flesh was never going to be able to, to fulfill the law. Never. It never stood a chance. God knew that. That's why he had a plan from the beginning. He's going to give us that opportunity. Verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Again, Paul's getting into this. This is why it's so important to walk in the Holy Spirit. This is why it's so important to walk and talk and do all of our actions through the Holy Spirit. Because then it's Christ that's inside of us. The very same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us. If it's inside of you, you have the opportunity each and every day. It's what are you feeding the most? Is it the flesh or is it the spirit? And again, I don't stand here saying I'm walking in the spirit 24-7. I'm not. But I thank God I recognize and we have this word to go to that says, yes, Paul understood. We got to talk about this. I got to tell you and give you instruction that this is what you do and this is what you need to do. And we know how to do it. We know. Are you praying? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? You know, we, you can, we can come into church, put on that smiley face, walk out. We can put on our suits and ties, wear, do whatever we want and fool anybody in this building. But we can't fool God. And at some point or another, the flesh or the spirit is, was, was what people were going to see. I pray to God, and I know that thankfully Tree of Life is a spirit-led church. And I thank God that when people come in contact with Tree of Life folks, they understand, okay, this is a person that is full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I just pray that we continue to understand how to do that. Because what's coming in, whatever God wants to do, he needs to send people to a, a spirit-filled, spirit-led church. Praise God. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. Carnally minded, it leads to death every time. Every time. It doesn't matter if it's with your, with your spouse. Certainly, in our home, when things get a little bit rocky or we're not getting along, usually that's because flesh is coming out of conversations. Whenever, if there's trouble with your finances, if there's trouble with your whatever it may be that you're going through, if you're trying to handle that in flesh, it's going to lead to death. It leads to death every time, but spiritually minded. Being spiritually minded, God will give you peace. It doesn't matter what the situation is. He may change it. He may not. But if you're in the spirit, if you're seeking first the kingdom of God, if you're seeking that Holy Spirit, whatever situation it is that you're in, God is going to carry you through. But the carnal mindedness is going to bring death to whatever situation that is. So often we say we jump to the worst conclusion of, oh, I'm going to lose the house. Oh, I'm going to lose my job, whatever it may be. And our carnal mind takes over and we start to think the worst. Meanwhile, God is saying, have you prayed yet? Have you spoke to me yet? Or did you call your best friend? Or did you just go ahead and speak death? Did you speak, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my job or I'm going to lose my car. I'm going to lose my house. My marriage is coming to an end. Or did you speak life through the spirit of God? What are you speaking? Life, life, or death? It's in the tongue. Carnally minded will turn to death. Spiritually minded will give you life. Praise God that we have this. 
Praise God that we have this truth, that we have this word, that we can stand on this and say, God, whatever comes my way, whatever situation I'm in, what am I going to lean on, my carnal mind or my spiritual self? Am I going to turn inside to you, Holy Spirit, and say, no, whatever your will is, God, it's going to be good. And later on down in the scripture, if we make it far enough in this chapter, it says exactly that. So, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. The carnal mind doesn't know how. The carnal mind is constantly our flesh. We're all born sinners. We're all short of the glory of God. So the carnal mind cannot ever. How many times do, how many times do we, when we hear what's true, it's just like my kids my, my, my daughter, Olivia, I can tell her no a thousand times. Now I tell her no, and she just does this back to me. Her flesh wants to do whatever I'm telling, because she will find whatever it is that she's not to do. If it's a hand in the toilet, it's going in the toilet. If she comes up to the, the, the dishwasher, she's not going to grab the spoon. She's going to go right for the steak knife. If she, you know, she, the steps, which we've had too many encounters with, my goodness, she'll go straight back to those steps now. She's already tumbled down them a few times. But thank God he's covered her. But she doesn't know. I can tell her a thousand times, don't do that. She doesn't know our flesh automatically wants to go against the law of God. Our flesh automatically, by nature of that sin that we inherited, all the way back to that first original sin, wants to say, nope, I'm going to rebel against this. But praise God, we have the Holy Spirit. Praise God, he came, he died, and he was resurrected again. Praise God, we can repent, we can be baptized, and we can be filled with those Holy Spirit and then live an overcoming life. Thank you, Jesus. But the flesh is constantly going to have enmity against God and against the law. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. My God, church. It's right there. If we're in the flesh, we cannot please God. That's a scary, that's a scary thing to think. I, I'm, I'm thankful that God is good all the time. His mercies are new every day. His name is a strong tower. His mercies are new and they, they endure forever. Those, those are all wonderful things. But at the same time, if we're in the flesh, it says we cannot please him. We've got to be in the Holy Spirit. We've got to be in his spirit. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Verse 10, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Righteousness, his righteousness, not mine, his righteousness his right wiseness, his spirit inside of me, not my flesh, not, not the flesh of man, not us. We can't do any good. And we get caught up in our works. But we got to understand the works better be of God. The works better be spirit-led. The works better not be, oh, I'm going to do this and, you know, God's going to give me, uh, you know, this raise that I want. Or, oh, if I don't do this, God may punish me. I don't want to ever walk or think like that. That's carnally-minded approach. That's a carnally-minded approach. In the spirit, we know and we just do the nature of God, the nature of Christ. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I don't know about you, but that's worthy of praise alone right there. Forget about the guy with the mic. I'm, I'm not worthy of any of it. I'm not a good preacher, but go ahead and just praise him and say, look, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Man, I'm thankful for that today. 
I'm thankful because I was, I was a lost cause. We all were a lost cause, but he's saying, here you go. Here it is. Now that spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive in you. And not only that, it's going to save your mortal bodies. Thank you, Jesus, my God. Where would we be? Verse 12 through 17 talks about the sonship through the Spirit. Verse 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. If you're led, are you led by the Spirit tonight? Are you led by the Spirit in your actions? Are you led by the Spirit in the way you wake up each day and live your life? Are you led by the Spirit in your conversations? Are you led by the Spirit in, in, your, in your relationships? Are you, are you led by the Spirit when you walk into the church building or when you walk out of the church building and you go into the restaurant or into the grocery store or whatever it is? Are you led by the Spirit? It says that you are sons of God. But if we are led by the flesh, if we are constantly submitting to this flesh, then what this tells me is we're not sons of God. If you're led by the Spirit, you're sons of God. So if you're led by the flesh, I have to deduce that I'm not a son of God. This is why we preach Acts 2.38, folks. This is why we repent. This is why we get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. This is why we seek the Holy Ghost. This is why it's a gift to us to be able to live this life and overcome this flesh. 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Adopted into that family. Adopted into Christ. Adopted into, into him. Thank you, Jesus. And, and we're cr constantly crying out. Something inside of us is constantly crying out, Abba, Father. But the problem is we feel that. Everybody feels that void. Everybody born has that void inside of them. Everyone that walks on this earth has that void inside of them. Are you crying out, Abba, Father, and letting him feel it? Or are we letting, seeking the fleshly things? How many people do we see in Hollywood, actors, music, whatever it may be, um, that seemingly have everything they have what, what the flesh desires, right? Fame, fortune, all the things that go with that. But then you constantly hear about, well, this drug problem or this eighth marriage or whatever it is they're going through. It is never being fulfilled. The flesh will never be, it will never be satisfied. The flesh just consumes and consumes and consumes and consumes what's next. Oh, I just got this raise. What's next? Oh, I just got this house. I love it. It's got five bedrooms, eight bathrooms. It's got everything that I ever wanted. And then the next thing you know, you walk in and a day later, it's like, wow, I wish our pool was bigger. Whatever the case may be, the flesh just wants to consistently, constantly consume. What's the next thing? What's the next thing that's better? But we're crying out, Abba, Father. And a lot of people don't recognize that. That's what they're crying out, and that's what they need. Now, when that spirit comes into you, that's when you get satisfied. That's when the satisfaction happens. That's when it says, okay, you know what? Now I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, and I'm not worried about what, what, how big my house is or if my car is the 2023, the newest model that's coming out with the latest technology. It doesn't matter because Abba Father has came in and filled that void. The Holy Spirit has come in and filled that void. And then like Matthew 6.33 says, then he'll take care of the rest. 
And that satisfaction now, that void now is all of a sudden filled. And I'm not worried about what's the flesh want, what it's the flesh desiring. I'm desiring what Christ wants. I'm desiring what the Holy Spirit inside of me wants. I'm actually finding myself doing things that are against my flesh and feeling good about it and knowing I didn't do that. Christ did it. The Holy Spirit inside of me did it. I don't know why I just helped this person. I don't know why I stopped and did this. The Holy Spirit now is all of a sudden what's filling that void. And now you, you lay your head down at night and it's a lot easier to go to sleep. Brother Darren, how many times did we walk into the jail cells, fortunately not in handcuffs, and go in and preach the gospel? And many times, both of, both of us, I think, said the same thing. Like, you know, there was a time in my life when I couldn't lay my head down and feel good at night when I was going to bed and didn't have peace and didn't feel right and didn't know what the next day held and didn't know when the sins were going to come back to get me or didn't know when the the wrong things that I was doing were going to come back to get me. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're crying out, Abba, Father, and you know that you're resting in, in His Spirit, when you know you're walking and talking in the Holy Spirit, when you lay your head down at night, there's peace. There's peace in the Holy Spirit. There's peace in him crying out, Abba, Father, and saying, Lord, this is the only thing that's going to fill this void is your spirit. Lord, the only thing that's going to fill this emptiness inside of me doesn't matter what you've been through, what loss you've had, what relationship troubles you've had, what your mom was like or your dad was like, if you were abused, if you were born on the wrong side of the tracks, the right side of the tracks, whatever that even means. I have no idea. It doesn't matter what condition you were born in. You can cry out, Abba, Father, and he will answer. If you didn't have a father, you cry out, Abba, Father, and he will answer. If you had an abusive father, cry out, Abba, Father, and God will answer. He's not an abusive father. He's a loving father. We cry out, Abba, Father, because that's the answer. 16 says the Spirit himself, it's capitalized, himself, bears witness with our spirit. That we are children of God. His spirit. The Holy Spirit. Agrees with our spirit. Our spirit that's inside of us. Right? I'm body. I'm spirit. And I've got a soul. That's why when you hear the word of God preached. You respond. The spirit inside of you saying. Hey that's the truth right there. That's why sometimes when you hear something that's false. You're like whoa wait. Wait a second. What are they talking about? Oh, if I serve God, I'm going to become a millionaire. Oh, if I give $10, that's going to be doubled tomorrow. Whatever crazy stuff is out there, you know, there's, there's a million things. You can turn on the TV or go to YouTube or whatever and find it all. Something, the spirit inside of you is saying, wait a second. That, that doesn't feel right. But when you hear the word of God, when you hear the truth, it's like, hey, hold on a second. It's bearing witness with his spirit. And then now, when you get filled with his spirit, when you're full of the Holy Ghost, That's what, that's fulfilling the law. That's when you now are saying, wait a second, my, my little H, uh, my little S spirit is now uh, agreeing with his spirit. And I'm like, that's the right thing to do. Now I'm following the law, not because I was told to, not because some stone tablets told me to, not because my preacher, my pastor, my youth pastor, somebody told me to, but because the Holy Ghost inside of me is witnessing and and agreeing with my spirit and saying, this is the right thing to do. Praise God. 17, and if children, my God, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. Hear that again. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. You know, and, and what, what they're talking about there in, in ancient Israel, when the firstborn son, if the, first, the firstborn son was was going to get the largest inheritance. They got the inheritance from being the firstborn son, and then they got the inheritance. They got a double portion. They got the inheritance for now being the head of the household. So when Christ, the Son of God, 
God wrapped in the flesh died. We know he was buried and rose again. But when he died, he said, hey, now you get to inherit that double portion. Now you get to inherit. So thank God. Now all of a sudden we, we, we can go. This is how we go before God. And we say, wait a second. I'm a joint heir, right? Isn't that what your word says? So now we can go and we can say, hey, it's not about me. It's not about anything that I did. But it's the fact that now your firstborn, your son died. And yes, he rose again. But now I get his, I, I'm a joint heir with him. Praise God, I can go there and I can say, this is my case, Lord. This is when I, when I go before the judge and I say, hey, hold on a second. No, I got an inheritance. It's through Christ Jesus. This is the inheritance that I got. Their case closed because now I get to inherit it. I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. In verse 18, now we get into from suffering to glory. Verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, whatever you're dealing with in this flesh, in, in this time, in this mortal, in this carnal body, he's saying here it's not even worth, it's not even compared to the glory that's coming your way. There's not, it can't even stand up to eternity, eternity in the kingdom of God where you're glorified. It says here in the, in, in, in the verse before that, glorified together. So what's coming, what you're dealing with now, praise God. The glory that's coming your way, this isn't even going to mean anything. It doesn't mean that it's not tough. Trust me. You know, we're, some of us are in the middle of tough times right now. Some of us just came out of tough times. Some of us are getting whatever season God has you in. It doesn't matter to what is coming your way. What glory God has in store for you in eternity. This life is but a vapor. It's going to pass. And the glory of God that you're getting ready to go into is so much greater. So take it. Embrace it and say, Lord, whatever it is that you've got me going through, just give me the strength, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I can get through it because what you're preparing for me is worth what I'm going through right now. It's not going to compare. When I'm there, I'm going to look back at this and say, thank God I went through it. Because if it helped me get where I needed to be spiritually, I'll go through it every day, every year, every month, whatever it is. Because I need to be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. 19, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of sons of God. I eagerly, I eagerly wait for what's coming. Man, I eagerly wait. Trust me, looking around at what's happening in, in this world, in this nation, in all of our lives, the pressure that we're all feeling. Man, I eagerly am awaiting what's coming. I'm ready to get out of this and into all that glory and wonderful stuff. Everything that he has for us, verse 20, for the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. So for the, for, for the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. 21, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. It's all for him. It's all for him. The corruption, everything that we have, God, it, it was all part of his plan. So what, he, what, what we are going through, he said, all right, here's, here's what, this is what's coming, but I've got a way out for you. I'm giving you an out. Thank you, God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Because this is a struggle. Everything I'm saying, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's easy to walk in the Spirit. I'm not saying that it's easy to live this. It's easy to wake up every day and pray. It's easy to just read the Word. How many times do you get home at night with the intention of reading and studying, and the next thing you know, your head's into the, into the Bible and you're sound asleep? 
it, it, it's, it's a struggle. It's real. And, and, and it's, it's what we all do, and it's what we're all facing. That's why I eagerly await to get out of this mess. I long, I long for it. He, he brings up birth pangs. I've never had to do that, ladies, but I, I, I know that, that that's not a good feeling. And, and he's saying this, this is how we're, I'm ready. We are waiting and ready, and I just want to get out of this and not have to deal with the pressure. I don't want to deal with the enemy attacking me anymore. I don't want to deal with the enemy attacking my family anymore, worrying about my children, worrying about myself, worrying about our health, worrying about, and, and all those things are of the enemy because fear should not be in Christ. But we're constantly attacked with it. And Paul's saying, I'm just ready to not have to deal with that anymore. Verse 20, for the creation was subjected, yeah, of 21, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. 23, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, first fruits of the Spirit, first fruits of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, even we ourselves groan. I'm groaning within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. I want to be redeemed. 24, for we were saved in, his, in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? What are we hoping for? Are you waiting to see something? Are you wait? Are, are we are we hoping to, to to for God to show up and just show us? Hey, I've got this for you. Or are we leaning our faith and saying, Lord God, it's here. I know it, and I'm just hoping and praying, and I know that what you've promised us is true, and I'm just believing in that. I don't have to hope to see anything. I don't have to hope to see you prove yourself. This word of God speaks to my spirit, like we said before, and I can witness those two things that says, Yes, I believe this. Twenty six says. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. How many times do we pray and we think that we know? I'm praying for this. I'm praying to be delivered from this. I'm praying to overcome this. And God is saying, but you're not ready. I'm praying for this, this new job to open up. I'm praying for this financial blessing. I'm praying for this healing. Uh, I'm praying for this pain to go away. How do we know what God is really doing? That's why we have to let the Holy Spirit pray for us. We have to let the Holy Spirit intercede for us. Because I can tell you this, I've lived long enough to know that God knows better what I need than I know what I need. He knows better when I need it then I know when I need it. Because how do I know if, if I'm not ready for what he wants to bless me with? We don't know, but the Holy Spirit, it does know. The Holy Spirit does know what you need and when you need it. God knows. And when we submit to that and we say, you know what, just go ahead. How many times have you come into a prayer session and heard somebody just groaning? Just, ah, they don't even know what to say. They're going through so much, they're just groaning. Or just speaking in tongues. Hey, that's okay. That's good. If you don't know what to say, go ahead and groan. Go ahead and just speak in tongues. Let the Spirit intercede for you. God knows us better than we know ourselves. You may not even understand. Some of those times we just have these feelings of, I don't know what's wrong. I just don't, I don't feel right. I don't feel good. I just don't, I, I hate the way I feel right now. God knows what's going on. Let the Spirit intercede for you. 27, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. If you want the will of God in your life, how many times do we say, I just want the will of God in my life. I just want the will of God. And we think we know what that is. Maybe we do. Maybe God has given you a word. Maybe God has given you a promise. Amen. Believe that. Hang on to that promise that God gave you. But you don't know the will of God. You don't know when it's time. 
You don't know when that calling or that purpose or that promise that he gave you is, but the Spirit does. God does know when it is. God does know when it's time. God does know what's the right way to do it and how to do it. So let he makes intercession for the saints according to his will. So when you pray that, Lord, let your will be done. Be prepared. It may not look like what you think. It may, it may not. But be prepared because at the end of it, I just want the will of God. I do just want the will of God. Because he knows how to get me to eternity with him. He knows how to get me to where he wants me to be. He knows where he's calling me to. I don't know. I may be on the path, but I don't want to be too far ahead, too far behind, and I certainly don't want to stray off. So if you've strayed off a little bit, get back on the path. If you're getting ahead of God, slow down. If you're behind him, you need to speed up a little bit. How do you do that? You get in the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit of God intercede for you. 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. He's doing it. He's taking care of it. He's got you. He, he knows the way to do exactly what this, this scripture says. And we know. Do we know? He knows. We, the only way that we know is if we're in the Holy Spirit. If I'm in the Holy Spirit, if I'm living, walking, and talking, and just seeking out this, the Spirit of God that's inside of me, then I can say, now I know that all the things, all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now I know the things that are happening that I didn't see, the stumbles, the, the, the surprises. They don't surprise God. A lot of people are in situations right now, and you're wondering, how am I going to get out of this? What does this mean? How did I get? Maybe you caused the problem. Maybe you didn't, but I can tell you this. God's not surprised by where you're at. God's not surprised by the, the, the problem that you got to get out of or the blessing that you need, or the healing that you need. Nothing is taking God by surprise. So you can say, okay, Lord, what's the will of God? Me to be in your, in your will. What's the will of God? Me to be in your will, God. How do I do that? I get in the Holy Spirit, and I let the, and I let the Spirit of God intercede for me, direct me, guide me, and take over my footsteps and be the light to my path. 29, for whom he foreknew. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Nothing is catching him off guard. He already saw it coming. And 30, I'm going to close with this. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Thank you, Jesus. It's just a matter of, are, are we walking in this? Are, are we living in this? Or are we abiding in him? I pray to God, if the musicians would come, if, 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 you've, got, if you've had that Pentecost experience, don't rely on it. If you just came up and you, somebody said, hey, yeah, you got the Holy Ghost. Are you bearing the fruit? Are you walking it? Are you talking it? Are, 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 is your life a reflection of this? Paul's given us every, the whole blueprint is right there. He's saying if you're doing these things, you're going to be all right. You're in the path of God. Now the will of God is in control. And the things that come against us that we don't understand, it's okay. God's got this. He's not surprised I'm in this situation. He's not surprised by that doctor's report. He's not surprised by this loss of a job. He's not surprised by this economy. He wasn't surprised when COVID happened. He wasn't surprised when we had to close down church. Thank God, Brother Seth Holston, we got live stream up and running a year or two before that happened. Amen. He's not surprised. He's preparing, and he's going to provide. He's going to make a way. Thank you, Jesus. It just comes down to, am I submitted 
to this Holy Spirit that we just talked about, it's right there. We complicate it. How do we complicate it? This flesh. The flesh is what complicates it. When you start having those carnal feelings, that's got to be your check to say, wait a second, that's my flesh. When you start having fear, wait a second, that's my flesh. When you start doubting what God has for you, wait a second, that's my flesh. When you start doubting the promises and the plans that God gave you, wait a second, that's my flesh. Because your spirit now is not witnessing with his Holy Spirit. You know when your spirit is witnessing with his Holy Spirit. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you know. You can feel it when God is moving. You can feel it when God is come over, comes over you. When you. There's no other explanation for the peace of God when it comes over you, when you just got this report or you're going through this trouble or you've just had this loss of someone that you love or you're in this situation, when that peace of God comes over you, that's that little, my spirit saying, oh, thank God. Now I feel his spirit. If we can stand, and I, I would just ask you just to, just to take a minute Raise your hands. Just reflect on, on this. We just read the Word of God. I didn't. I, I that I just read His Word. That was simply His Word. It's there for you. It's there for each and every one of us. It's just a matter of saying, do I want to be carnally minded or spiritually minded? Do I want to submit to the Holy Spirit? Or do I want to submit to the flesh? Do I want his way or my way? Do I want salvation or death? These are harsh words, but it's what we just read. It's what we just read. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and just seek him for a minute. My God. feel led to say this some someone or some people are going through battles that you have been in time and time again you have you are finding yourself in yet this same battle once again the reason you're in this battle once again is you are fighting it with flesh if you're in the same battle over and over you are fighting it with your flesh and you need to submit it to the Spirit. You need to go ahead and surrender to the Spirit of God and say, praise God, Lord, you've given me your Spirit and I'm tired of fighting the same battle over and over. Your mind is consumed with fighting it with your flesh. Instead of surrendering your mind, letting go of our carnal minds that think we know because we've been told by uh, self-help people, psychologists, professors, whatever it may be, you are trying to fight these things with your flesh. And God is saying, it's carnal mindedness. Sons of God are led by the Spirit. 
And he's trying to tell you tonight, let the Spirit lead you. Let the Spirit of God lead you in whatever situation you're finding yourself in right now. Let the Spirit of God lead you. You may not know the answer. That's, that's actually okay. It, it really is. I've been forced to learn that a little bit this year. You know, the one, one day, one step at a time thing. I've been kind of forced to, to learn that this year. And I'm learning that, you know what, that's actually all right. Because, God, you know better. And if I try to manipulate what you've told me or what you've promised me or even try to, Satan has manipulated this word. And sometimes we can get ourselves to the point where we try to manipulate the word and try to tell God, well, your word says this, so this is how you should do it or when you should do it. Just surrender to the spirit of God. When you surrender to his spirit, I can't say it enough, he will take care of the situation and he'll do it better than you could ever do it amen I'm going to stop and and we can just stay in our seats and just seek him because I feel like God is really trying to speak to some people tonight to say you've been fighting this your way for far too long go ahead and submit it to God and say I don't have the strength men that's a hard thing. Men, let it go. Don't try to fix it. Has your wife or your spouse or your loved ones or somebody ever told you, I'm just telling you, I don't need you to fix it right now. That's what we need to do is just step aside and say, God, go ahead. I'm going to submit to your spirit, and I'm going to trust in you tonight. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Search for you. Thank you, Jesus. In a dry and barren land, we're longing for your hands to guide us to a place where you can cleanse us with your rain, baptize us once again. purifying his end time church he is purifying testing challenging his end time church and he's forcing some of us to submit and surrender solely to him he is forcing us because he is purifying his end time church and he is going to make some people understand that we can only trust in him in a dry and barren land, he's saying, you're only going to trust in me. I'm going to cut off every avenue, every direction, every answer, every bank account, every person, everybody that's always been there and given you the answer before. He's saying, I am purifying you for what I want to do in this end time. And he might challenge you to the point where he's going to make you and force you to say, 
every door has closed except for God. And if you have found yourself there, praise God, you're in a good place because now you can say, all right, I have exhausted every other option that I've ever gotten used to doing. And now it's just you, God. So I'm going to trust in you. And now your spirit is going to say, okay, now, now we can connect. Your spirit can connect with the Holy Spirit. Thank God in Jesus' name. Be blessed. In the place where you are.